So there's a saying that age ain't nothing but a number, and today's guest proves it. He started investing at the age of 20 while in college, where he purchased his first property, a 12-unit apartment complex. And before he even graduated with a degree in finance, he had already acquired $7 million multifamily real estate holdings. By the time he was 24 years old, he had already built a real estate company as a key principal with over $50 million in real estate holdings and has raised over $10 million in capital. He's also created a best-selling multifamily deal analyzer, which is now being converted into a web-based software called Real Estate Lab. Welcome back to Crushing It in Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Tan, and I'm super excited to welcome top millennial real estate investor, speaker, and entrepreneur, David Topin, to the show. Hi, David. Hey, what's up? How are you? Thanks for I'm having me. good. How are you? Yes. Thanks for being on the show. Do you want to let the audience know how you got started in real estate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started kind of like you said, I started in college, uh, 19, 20 years old, writing down my goals, listening to podcasts. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, and I really wanted to be in real estate and I wanted to do large deals, multifamily, commercial type stuff. Um, and you know, I, I really thought that natural progression was going to have to go through single family first to get to multifamily. So did a little bit of wholesaling, uh, and then, and then I jumped right in. I kind of cut that off and said, I don't, I don't really want to do single family projects. I want to do all larger multifamily. So I focused in on it. Uh, a couple months later, I bought my first building uh, with no money down. I raised all the capital from investors. It was a 12 unit apartment complex. So that's, that's kind of how I got my, my start. Yeah, not many 19-year-olds, I feel like, are reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad in their college room thinking about how they want to be a real estate investor. Yeah, exactly. I was in my fraternity house, I think, at the time before I moved out of that. And uh, I, was, I was reading that book and listening to podcasts like, man, there's there's got to be there's something more out there for me, something, something different. You know, I was, I was very motivated. And I'd started businesses before, uh, you know, but after having fun for a few years of college, I wanted to really get in and, and, and get a head start. So um, I went right into real estate. That's amazing. So for anybody listening, don't let age stop you. If there's something you want to do and maybe you're like 19, 20, you can do it, you know, just go for Absolutely. it. Yeah. There's pros and cons to being young or older. I mean, older, you probably have more capital, more connections, more relationships with people. Uh, maybe you have less time because you have a full-time job or you have a family being young, you, you have nothing but time and hustle and, and the ability to, to really, uh, bring a lot of cool people together. Cause what I've learned is people that are very successful really do like reaching out and helping young and ambitious people that they think are, are actually going to be successful. Right. So notice, and that helped me pick up a lot of mentors along the way. Uh, it's very helpful. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, kind of knowing what you bring to the table, right? Everybody has something that they bring, whether it's time or capital. And with your first deal, it's so impressive that you didn't bring any money to that table. You raised all of the money, right? At 19, 20, you know, not having done a deal before, how did you convince people to hand over their money? <laughs> Well, it certainly wasn't easy. It was all people in my network I really hadn't worked with before. I didn't really know super well, but 
I just wrote a list down of all the people I knew that had money and, and started talking to them. And, and what it really took was having a solid business plan. It's, it's, you know, buying an apartment building is like buying a business. You need to really think into it and, and how are you going to buy this and make it a good investment for people and improve it and, and make them money, right? At the end of the day, it's what matters. So showing them that in numbers in a very logical way was easy for me because I'm a, I'm a very numbers oriented person and uh, I'm very, uh, I, I would say directed to the point. So when I brought it to an investor, I said, hey, look, this is what we're buying it for. This is what I'm going to do to it. Here's what the rents are down the street. Ours are $150 less than that. Uh, by making these improvements, we're going to easily increase the rents and we're going to be able to increase the value of the building uh, along with that. And so showing them a plan really, I mean, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't easy. I had to go through a lot of people that said no, uh, but there were people out there that, that would bite on and that would say, Hey, this sounds like a good deal. I like your plan. I like that real estate's all you're doing right now. You're full time. You're going to self manage it and probably a little bit of, Hey, let's give this kid a chance and see what he could do. So, uh, you know, people weren't making massive investments. It was twenty-five dollars to $50,000 a piece. I had a couple people and I raised like two, 300,000 bucks for my first two deals. They're both 12 units and, uh, uh, was able to pull it together after a couple months and, and make it happen. That is really, really impressive. You know, something that you mentioned was you didn't, it wasn't all yeses, right? You must have faced a lot of people saying no to you, some rejection along the way. But, you know, what I want people to focus on is the yes. Like you don't need everybody to say yes. You just need a few. And I feel like some people get um, unmotivated when they do get a no, but they have to think about it like that no is on the way to the next yes. Yeah. No is always just the first step to yes. It's the first step, right? Without a no, you can't get a yes. So I, I get no's from a lot of people and then get a yes from them shortly after or down the road from that same person, right? It's just because the first time they say no does not mean they won't say yes in the future. Uh, you need to learn from it. Why did they say no? Maybe it just isn't right timing. I had an investor that was going to come in on one of my early deals and family member got really sick and he pulled out last minute and it was a pretty large amount. And so, you know, kind of threw the off track, but it was timing. And so there's so many different things that could make an investor want to say yes or no at a certain time. Uh, maybe they've been sitting in cash for a while and they just haven't found a good deal and it comes along and you bring them a deal that's solid and they're like ready to move it because they've just been waiting and waiting and waiting. And so uh, that same person, you could have hit them up right after they first got that chunk of money. Maybe they sold a prop of their home or something and made some money. They might have said no very quickly right away. But you wait a year and they're sitting on cash and it's not doing anything for them. And that same person is going to say yes now. And so I think with investors, 75% of it's timing. The other 25% is educating them on why they should invest with you. Mm -hmm. Having gone through, you know, capital raising myself, I have to say it is so much so about timing and what's going on in that investor's life yeah. at the moment. Yep. Very, very much so. You know, I wanted to go through that similar journey as you did. You know, I thought I had to start single family and then work my way up to smaller multifamily and then go into the larger multifamily. But, you know, you found a way to kind of shortcut that process. For me, it was like finding mentors, right? And seeing yeah. people who are like myself who have done it 
that's like, okay, I know I can do it. But what was it like for you that, you know, helped you realize that you don't actually have to do the smaller multifamily if you don't want to? Honestly, I wish there was like a really, you know, strategic answer to this question. For me, it was, I did not want to do small deals. I love working on big projects. The more commas, the more zeros, the more fun it is for me because there's more opportunity to earn and the payouts are bigger. And uh, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's more fun. There's more people impacted by it. Uh, and, and it's, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's very enjoyable. Like, like the bigger, the bigger, the better. And that's just kind of how I think. So I really hated working on single family. It was so frustrating. You're working on, you know, a deal for four or five months and you make $10,000 on a wholesale fee. When I, you know, we've flipped multifamily deals in six months and made seven figures. And so for me, it just wasn't, it didn't make sense. It's like, why am I doing this? I'm spending the same amount of time and effort on a small deal when I could spend the same six months working hard and get a much bigger payday. Uh, and, and, and if we hold it along, a lot of cash flow along the way in the end. So for me, it just, it just, it wasn't logical. It didn't make sense and it wasn't fun for me. So I, I went straight into multifamily. I, I didn't feel any more nervous to me. It's the same thing. There's just different pieces to the pie, right? There's different, there's different levels to it. And so just, you have to line up more investors. You're working with different sources of financing, different banks, different, you know, agency lenders. And, and it's a different process. We are working with management companies. You have to put together a little more complex uh, plans and a little more thought. You have to be more sophisticated but I already kind of spoke that language. I came from, you know, in college doing investment banking um, and consulting for some pretty uh, uh, strong firms in the Metro Detroit area where I grew up. And so, uh, you know, I, I kind of spoke that banking language. And I think that that number side of me really carried over to multifamily. And it was just very natural for me. So it just made sense. And so put that all together. And I love doing it. And, and it just, it, it was honestly, I mean, it was, it's never easy. There's like tons of things that go wrong along the way. But for me, I don't really think about those things. I just, I just win. I just like winning, you know? The more commas, the better. <laughs> the more commas, the better. Yeah. So do you still own that first property that you purchased then, the 12 unit? No, I sold them a while ago. I owned them for, uh, Probably about a year and a half. A couple of months after that, I bought my first large property, is 100 units. I lived in that for about a year and a half, and then sold that one. Uh, I self-managed all those, and then what I ended up doing after I sold those, is I moved to Texas, moved the company down to Austin, um, made a strategic partnership with the company down there, and we kind of merged and, and created Obsidian Capital, which is my company today that I have a business partner uh, on, and we are growing mainly in Texas. So. Nice. Yeah. I remember watching you on Instagram talking about your move, how you like moved into the apartment that you just bought. <laughs> you were like, oh, yeah. I'm writing deals on your computer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You must have, you know, realized too that, you know, you, when you're smaller, sometimes the numbers don't make sense and you have to self-manage, but as you get larger, you know, you have economies of scale and you can hire these like world-class property management companies and partners to, to work with those um, people instead. So what are your goals now with like Obsidian? Are you guys looking to expand in the Texas market? Yeah. So we've uh, bought several properties in the last two years in Texas market. Um, 
probably about five, 600 apartments. Uh, and we're doing a lot of new development. So we've got, we're building a corporate office for our team outside of Austin. Uh, we are building, we're breaking ground just this week on a 50 unit new development. Uh, we're about to be breaking ground in a couple months on a 150 unit new development uh, and uh, 84 unit new development. So we're working on some new developments right now in, in that market because it's really strong uh, for that and it's super high demand. So uh, that's what we're working on. We're also, uh, we have a goal of another couple thousand units in the next two, three years uh, and existing acquisitions, um, building a software company right now as well, uh, separate from Obsidian, but uh, that's something I'm, I'm heavily working on. It's multifamily software. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of interesting things and just growth oriented. Really, once you are buying multifamily, it's all pretty much the same thing over and over again. Um, and uh, you know, there's always different things that come up and different strategies and different ways to buy deals and you get creative, but like, it's the same thing. We're buying apartments, we plug and play into our asset management team, we raise money from investors, we invest ourselves, uh, and, and, you know, we're just always looking for good deals. Nice. Yeah, I remember you were showing on your Instagram some of the new development, ground-up development that you, your company was getting into. And it sounds like since then you're even doing even more um, new yeah. development, you know, which I, we haven't had too many people come on talking about the development deals that they're doing. But it seems like you're very bullish on, their, uh, on that market to be putting in that much, um, you know. And it's also your have you shifted from like one hand you're purchasing existing assets, but now you're also building like basically a class properties. Yeah, I would say it's, it's going to shift probably to be 50% of what we do 40 to 50% of what we do. Uh, it's really location and market based. I mean, I wouldn't go into just any market and build, you know, even though I'm from, I'm from Michigan, it's not a place I had to go back and develop, even though I know the areas very well. Uh, you know, I, I would, I would do it really in Austin, uh, in Dallas probably. Um, but because it's close and it's something we can control pretty well and we know the markets a lot and they're very quickly growing. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of great markets for new development, but those are the ones that we know that are very solid markets that we know really well. And so we stick kind of stick with what we know. Um, so yeah, I, I see us continue to do that a lot. It, it, it just makes sense, right? When in Austin, Right now, C-class product is being sold, you know, 70s and 80s for 130 to 150,000 a unit. It makes zero sense to buy that stuff for us when there are people that have 1031 capital that will pay a four cap for it, four and a half cap. So we are uh, building brand new for 130 to 150,000 a unit. And so when we can get in something brand new that, you know, is, is bought for that and it's worth well over 200,000 a door in a couple of years that just makes a lot of sense. And that's when we started getting into the new development arena. Yeah, that's super exciting. Was your partner already into development or something that you guys are both no, he was not. jumped into? Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, no, he wasn't. So he owned about 4,500 apartments throughout Texas, sold most of them off when we started our company together, um, you know, at the top of the market. So it was a good time for him to sell. And we uh, partnered, we, you know, buying existing assets and now really just getting into the new development. It's pretty, it's pretty new for us, uh, but we've got a good team put together, really excited for some of these projects. Uh, 
especially the one breaking ground this week. So uh, it's, it's been fun. It's interesting. You know, it's a different game. There's a lot of new things to learn. I like learning new things. I like coming into a new part of the industry, you know, humble and ready to, um, you know, ready to grow our team again and learn different, different aspects of it. Uh, so it's been fun. And I think it will continue to be fun and challenging. So, yeah, it's so, it's awesome to watch your journey. You know, I feel like you just <laughs> skyrocketed, which is amazing to see. And I hope an inspiration to some of the people who are listening, you know, because yeah. like, just if there's something you want to do, just figure it out, right? Like you enjoy learning yeah. and this is something new for both you and your partner but you guys are figuring it out and making it, you know, a big part, 50% of your business moving forward. Yeah, I think I appreciate you saying that. I think, um, you know, it's, if, if you told me four years ago, I'd be where I am right now. I'd, I, I would have hoped it would happen, but I'd probably call you crazy at the same time. Um, but I think it's a, it's a, it's really a function of just really changing what you want to do. And if you want to go big, you really have to, think big and you really have to put in a lot of work and focus on that and and ignore ignore the smart things right i could have made more money in my first two years if i kept flipping homes and wholesaling and doing smaller deals i probably would have made a lot more money but i didn't really i didn't really care about making money in the short term i cared about building a portfolio of large assets um and and i knew that was going to be way more scalable and and would get me to my goals way quicker and so I focused on just that. It was hundred percent focus. If you brought me a deal that I was going to make a hundred thousand dollars on in two months without doing any work. And it was a single family deal. I would have told you no instantly. I would have told you no so fast. And that didn't, even if it was 300,000, I just would have told you no, because I was so focused on doing, uh, you know, multifamily. And that was my goal. And so that's all I did. I said no to everything else. And that's what skyrocketed me. I think a lot of people, and, 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 you know, I, and I do it and everybody does it, right? We get shiny penny syndrome and we want to try every little thing. And we want to try all these different things. But until you really focus on something, you'll never get in a groove doing one thing. And I had a mentor that I bought my third property from. It was that 96 unit that I house hacked. And that was one of my best deals to date. I certainly learned the most on that deal out of any of my deals so far. It was fantastic. Uh, the guy that sold to me was 70 years old. He owned a billion dollars in real estate really shouldn't have been spending his time working with me. He sold it to me for less than what it was worth uh, because he, 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 I reminded him of him. You know, he told me after we closed, he's like, you know, you reminded me of myself when I was your age. And so um, that was really cool. But, you know, the last time I actually had sat down with him, it's been about a year and a half now. We talk every so often, but I sat down with him for lunch and uh, I was like, how do I get to where you're at? Like, what is the number one piece of advice you can give me to explode and to hit? you know, multi-billion dollar portfolio property, which is my goal. And he said, Dave, all of the biggest people in any part of real estate or really any industry, uh, the way they got there is they focused on one thing and they got really, really good at it. And they just did it over and over and over and over again. And over time, you will realize that you, your scale will absolutely skyrocket. And so that's my plan going forward. And that's the advice I would give to anyone else is focus on one thing, get really, really good at it. And, and, and understand that you're going to have to do that. If you really want to go big with it, you're going to have to commit to do that for 10, 15, 20 years. And, and, or, you know, or less you can stop at any point and, and you probably retire after 10 years doing it if you do it well. But, 
you know, get, do one thing and do it really well, get good at it, get efficient and scale it. Otherwise, you're going to be all over the map. And in a period of a couple of years, you're going to be feeling like you're not really where you want to be. It's all about focus. So keep your eyes on the prize and have laser focus. <laughs> eyes on the prize. I love it. Exactly. That's some great advice. Um, you know, I'm sure uh, along the way, though, there must be, you know, obstacles that you overcome, right? I'm sure the ones now are different than when you started. Okay. How do you um, stay motivated and keep your eyes on the prize when you come up against these obstacles? Yeah, I think it was tougher at first when you really don't see things materialize quickly. And, you know, I'm, an, I'm a naturally an impatient person. I want, you know, and I think a lot of people are. We want things, we want instant gratification with everything. And it's tough when, you know, you're just getting started out and I didn't have any money and I didn't have, you know, I didn't really have an income. All I did was real estate. And it's like you work on a project for three, four, five months and, and it falls apart and you just get smacked down over and over again. Uh, and, you know, and that, I, I think you have to realize that will happen. And that's just a course of business. And if you're long-term focused and you're consistent with it and you don't give up, if you're doing the right things over the period of a year, there's no reason you shouldn't see success in some area, right? You might have to pivot a little bit and start thinking in different ways. Maybe you're doing something wrong. Maybe you're not, you know, a lot of people I talk to are like, I want to buy apartments. I want to, I've been working on this for two years. I've been studying it for two years. I'm like, well, how many offers have you made on properties? Like maybe like four or five. I made 125 offers last year and I bought three properties. Numbers. I looked at 450 deals. I underwrote 250. I made 125 offers and I bought three. And they're three great properties. I probably could have bought six or seven and extended myself a little bit more. And those properties would have been good, but not great. I like doing great deals because I sleep really well at night. And so I'm a little conservative. Uh, but I, you know, I make my investors a lot of money. We make a lot of money on those deals. Um, and, and we're just really conservative and picky. But 125 offers. If you're making five, I mean, there's no wonder you're not buying a deal. You just need to, you need to underwrite more deals and make more offers. Right. Yeah. I hope everyone listening heard that, you know, after seeing all those properties underwriting all those deals, David himself only bought three deals last year. So if you're not getting properties, you're probably not making enough offers. Yeah. And, and, and the three of them were in the first five months of 2019. I didn't buy a single property after that through the end of 2019. And I was still making offers, offer after offer after offer. And then December, January comes around uh, in February into March. We ended up negotiating getting 400 units under contract, which are phenomenal deals. And COVID slowed things down a little bit. We've closed on some of that and we're closing on some of it this upcoming month. So, uh, you know, this, this year we'll have done about six, 700 apartments. But, uh, you know, in, in some of those new developments, I'm existing, well, flipped some deals, sold a couple more outside of that. Um, so it's, it's been a, this, this will still be, this will be my biggest year yet for sure in terms of like revenue for the company. So, and, and, and everyone's talking about COVID, how it's slowing them down. And I understand a lot of industries, it is unfortunate it has slowed them down, but you know, if you're doing what we're doing in multifamily, COVID has not stopped anything, you know, it's it's still possible. There's deals out there. Yeah. Uh, so many people I talk to, you know, they've been busier now than ever before. So if you're listening, don't let COVID 
be an excuse. Obviously, it has affected some industries and some businesses, but a lot of times people are just like, oh, well, it's COVID. I can't do anything about it. I can't buy anything. But deals are happening every single day. They're happening 100%. So, you know, you've really grown and expanded in your company now, you know, not just does multifamily, ground up development, have a software company. What do you focus most of your time on? Is it still underwriting yeah. properties, finding deals? Yeah, I'm very heavily focused on the acquisition side. So I like finding deals. My business partner, Glenn, brings a lot of deals to the table through his relationships. Uh, you know, we have underwriters that will run the numbers for us. Then, you know, I just review them and make the offer. Uh, so I do a lot of that. I, I haven't been in acquisitions mode the last two, three months because we've had you know, six, six deals in our contract that we're either buying, selling or building. And so I've been very busy with that. Uh, so I, and I, I'm very heavily involved on the transactional side. I really like controlling the negotiation transactional side of the deal, whether it's working with a broker seller uh, or a buyer for selling something. Um, and so uh, that's kind of the best use of my talent is really on acquisition, getting it up to the point where we close. And then we have an asset management team, um, my other business partner, uh, Mike Woodfield, he takes over the asset management at that point and make sure we hit the plan that we put in place for the property. And so that's kind of how the business is structured. I, I spend most of my time finding deals and getting it closed. Nice. And you developed this, um, analyzer, right? For multifamily properties. I have. Yeah. Over the past couple of years. And now it's being built into a website. Yeah, so it's just been a spreadsheet for a long time that I started about four or five years ago. And uh, over time, people started seeing it and were like, hey, I want to buy this from you. And I'm like, well, it's not really for sale, but sure. And, uh, you know, after a couple of people did that, I ended up putting it on my website and word of mouth, I've sold hundreds and hundreds of them, almost six figures worth of a spreadsheet in the last year and a half. And so I had been planning for over, well over a year now to turn it into a software. And so I did a lot of research, kind of fell on my face last year. I spent about $60,000, um, my own money building out with a team and it didn't go, didn't go very well. They didn't build a good product. And so I hit the drawing board, uh, found, you know, I interviewed top 12 of the top developers across the country. Um, you know, I don't have a software background, so this is new to me. I wanted to hire it. I wanted to outsource it at first and hire a team that can that can build it and get to this first version. So I found this rock star team out of San Diego um, and they're building it for me right now. It's in the works. It'll be done and launching uh, early, you know, mid, mid first quarter of 2021. Uh, so I raised a million dollars of angel funding for the project. Uh, you know, really uh, excited uh, for myself, and my investors in the project, put a lot of capital into myself and, and really looking to change the, multifamily industry, it's going to be a full suite acquisition tool start to finish. So tr not only, you know, track all the deals that you're looking at, when our offers do helping you with, with, with managing that, uh, you know, but also um, uh, compiling all the documents and data, uh, analyzing the deal start to finish on the website. It'll automate a lot of the process. You can upload the, the rent roll in T12 for the property. It will read those documents, pull out the key information automatically in a couple seconds and put it into the analyzer for you. You, you know, hit a couple inputs and it'll, it'll finish it up, you know, help finish it up for you. Eventually we'll be able to provide rent comps, operating expense data, 
that type of stuff to, to help automate it even further. Um, and then you can generate really awesome reports, send custom LOIs right from the software. Uh, and, and, and in the future, there's some real cool things we're working on. So I think it's going to take the industry by storm. There's no tool like it out there right now. It will be the first of its kind, the only acquisition start to finish tool and underwriting tool online. So nobody else has done it yet. Um, and it's something that a lot of people need. 90% of people right now are using spreadsheets and, or, or more. I mean, probably it's probably 95 to 99% because there's just not a tool I know out there that uh, does what this will do. And spreadsheets are, in my opinion, you know, I love them, but they're archaic in a way. They don't do what software can do. There's a lot of things that they can't do. Um, and and there's, they can have a lot of errors. And when there's errors, I've seen people make bad decisions based on a bad spreadsheet just because of a calculation error. And, and I've seen people lose a lot of money because of that. And so uh, when I can make it easy for people to underwrite deals for anyone, people that aren't good with Excel can do it. And there's an educational portion of the website to teach you how to use it, uh, you know, for 200 bucks a month. It, it's, you know, it's a bargain. It's going to help you make millions of dollars buying apartments. Wow. You are totally speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking at a couple deals, let's say like three or four, you got to keep track of, you know, all the different, um, when offers are due and, you know, I'm using a spreadsheet right now, but a lot of times when I'm entering that data manually, I'm like, there's got to be an easier way. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be an easier way. And it's coming. It's called Real Estate Lab. I'm very excited about it. It, it will be, I, you know, I hope you'll find use in it. For sure. I'm super excited. Um, and for all those listening, you know, it, I hope you heard that David created what was this spreadsheet, right? Like years ago. And he's made a profit off of it, but you know, he wanted to launch this. He was working on it last year, hit a road bump. You know, a lot of people might've stopped then and there, but he didn't, he kept going, found a new team to build it out. And now it's gone way beyond what you started it, started out with, right. As a deal analyzer, it's like a full um, suite that handles uh, everything for you. So that's really cool. Yeah. I'm very excited. This is, it's huge. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited for it. So my goal is just change the industry make it easier for people. There's so many new people to this and they just don't, they don't get that aspect of it. And there's a lot of coaches and speakers and educational companies out there for this, but they don't put enough emphasis on the analysis side to this business. It's a very financial based business. And that's why I've been very good at it is because I have a financial mind. A lot of people don't. They don't know how to package this stuff. They don't know how to talk to banks. They don't know how to talk to investors right and, and put this in a way where it makes sense. And so this is going to do that for you. This is going to, it's not going to do it all for you. You still got to have some intuition and, and do some work, but it's going to make it very easy for people to be able to do that. Amazing. I've got to check it out when it becomes available. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, David, because you are doing so much, right? And I know even before COVID, you were having like these small mastermind groups. You have your apartment investing. You have your software. Like, what do you do it all for? I have a lot of fun doing it. I'm just a purebred entrepreneur, and it's very enjoyable for me to build things, create things, and impact people. I get a lot of joy out of inspiring people. And a lot of people that hit me up and say, hey, like, you know, you've, you've shown me it's possible that just because I'm young, you know, I had a 14 year old kid hit me up and like get on the phone with me. I was like, that is so cool. 
You know, I love inspiring young people, uh, really, I mean, people of any age, but especially young people who really want to get into this and sh- just show them it's possible. Um, my biggest goals, uh, you know, in the end, when it's all said and done, are, you know, buying cool cars and boats and planes and all that kind of stuff. It's really, you know, all that, all that stuff's cool. My biggest goals are really around helping people. And I want to start a foundation uh, where I can help a lot of people, you know, educate youth and inner cities and, and uh, on entrepreneurship and, and, and help, you know, single mothers that are living in apartments that, you know, are ha- having a tough time, you know, stuff like that. And really um, stuff that, that hits me and that I really want to, that, that my biggest why and my biggest purpose in the end is helping other people. And so, you know, I know over the years, it'll really flow more and more towards that kind of stuff. So the more money I can make and the more wealth I accumulate, the more people I can help, the more people I can impact. And so that's what I'm going for. That's awesome. And, you know, just watching your journey on Instagram has already inspired me. So how can people find you if, you know, they are feeling inspired and they want to reach out? Yeah, the number one way is on Instagram. If you don't have an Instagram, it's the 21st century. You should make one. Uh, my tag is Real Estate Jedi uh, for all you Star Wars fans out there. Um, go give me a follow. Search me online. Uh, if you Google me, David Tupin, you'll find my website, uh, Obsidian Capital. Um, and I have a YouTube channel. Please check it out. Subscribe, like my videos. Comment if you want to see anything new from me. Uh, and, and, you know, always happy to help. Please uh, hit me up. Love to chat. Awesome. Is there anything we didn't talk about today that you would like to touch upon? No, I mean, any, anybody out there that really wants to do this, wants to do what I do and get into this space. Uh, it's not easy. It's a lot of hard work. If you don't want to put in that work, there's always a, you know, a good way to get into it through passive investing, you can create a lot of cash flow, And that's what we do. We work with passive investors. So always happy to talk with anybody uh, and educate them on that side of the business as well. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's a fun business. Go out there and get you some deals. Yeah, for sure. I would. I also tell people, you know, you can start as a passive, learn the business that way, and then switch over yep. if you decide that, you know, hey, this is something I want to actually put more time and effort into. Exactly. That's a great way. A lot of a lot of people start that way. So I always I always encourage passive investing. But yeah, let's make more offers and get more deals. Let's do it. I love it. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, hopefully your listeners got some good, got some good value. For sure. And I'll have all your contact information in the show notes so they can look there to find you. Thanks for being on the show, David. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was good talking to you.